The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today. We've actually had Dr. Avi on before, but I'm going to let him reintroduce himself, kind of let us know where he's located and what he's been up to since last time we talked. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Dr. Avi. I graduated uh, dental school back in 2018, went to NYU and I was practicing in the Northeast for a couple of years. And then during the pandemic, made a move out to Austin, Texas. And that's where I'm currently at. I am still an associate, but I'm now practicing in a part-time capacity uh, just two days a week because I have kind of used my experiences to create something that has allowed me to get um, a little bit more fulfillment out of my career, kind of what I do, and also give me a lot more time and flexibility in my life. Um, and we can kind of just talk about that journey and uh, kind of what I've created, but then also share some insight and perspective for the the next generation, I guess, of, of dentists out there to, to hopefully inspire uh, and just show that, you know, there's more than one way to do dentistry um, and there's more than one way to feel fulfilled. But basically um, the beginning of my associate career, I think we talked about this last time, but summarizing it, uh, I, I, my first two years of practice, I had uh, like eight associateships. So I was in and out of a, a bunch of offices and main reason for that was not all of them were good fits. Uh, and I kind of say that as like a general, in a general way, just because, you know, some of the offices, they, you know, may not have been at capacity or, you know, equipped to support an associate. Some offices, they were good opportunities, but my experience level, I don't think was um, high enough. Uh, to be successful in those offices. And what I mean by that is like, um, you know, when you come out of school, you kind of know the the very, you know, the basics, right? I, I kind of, the more that I've learned over the years, I realized like when you come out of dental school, you just know how to not hurt somebody and you know, you know, the, the principles and kind of the basics, basics of dentistry, which is great. Um, but I'm a huge advocate also for when you come out of school, it's, you don't stop learning. You have to continue to learn. I mean, you, you have so much to learn. I mean, I did at least uh, coming out on even just how to do composite fillings. Right. And, and I, something that can be so or considered basic can still, you can get so technical with it. And there's so many levels to how good you can do it. Um, so, you know, I guess my one piece of advice is don't ever stop learning. 
um, that's something that you are going to have to continue to invest in yourself because in our field, but also just in life as a person, I think the more that you learn, the better off you're going to be. Um, and I'll kind of circle back to that concept a little bit later in the story, but yeah, so a bunch of associateships up North. And then when we moved down to Austin, I actually worked at a DSO and that DSO was good. It, it gave me everything I was looking for because I wanted to be in a practice where I was supported to do, um, more procedures like, uh, clear aligners and implants. Um, the offices where I had tried to implement them up in the Northeast, they just, that, that wasn't what they did and they didn't really want me to do that. So that kind of pushed me to make the move. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, sorry. I guess I missed the part where (laughs) after two years of practicing, I was pretty burnt out on dentistry. I was pretty burnt out because I was doing, you know, the bread and butter basics. Um, but then I was also just, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was really making that much of an impact. I felt like, um, it was just a lot of the same stuff. And then for me, I also felt like, you know, in terms of income, I just wasn't at a place financially where I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, a couple years out of school and that several factors play into it. But a lot of it came down to really just the types of procedure I was offering. Um, And so, you know, something to know is like, if you're only offering a select number of procedures, you're only, you're really pigeonholing yourself in the sense where not every patient is going to necessarily need that specific treatment, right? And, And I'm not saying like, go out and do a bunch of fillings. I mean, you can do that, but you know, you'll, you'll burn out and you also want to obviously make sure that you're still diagnosing th- treatment that needs to be done and treatment that can improve your patient's health. Right. So um, that's why you'll hear even older dentists and, and people just always kind of give that advice of never stop learning, try to do as many different types of procedures. And I say, try to do as many types because the more that you do, the more that you're going to know. And I'm not saying that you have to do everything, but you should at least educate yourself to learn it. So then that way you can do it. And then you can see whether or not you actually like doing it. Right. Um, Cause you can hear from somebody like, Oh, don't do implants. Like, you know, they're risky or you can, you know, don't do root canals. Cause you know, I don't like doing root canals. Um, that's, that, that you're, you're taking someone else's experience and you're not actually um, trying it out for yourself and you never know, you know, you never know. And I, I don't think, or I think with the more knowledge that you have, the better off you're going to be. Um, so I took that mindset and during the pandemic, um, took an implant course and then I learned more about aligners. And when I came back, that's what I wanted to do. And like I said, the practices that I was at at the time, they didn't allow me, sorry, uh, they didn't allow me to do those procedures. So that's why I had moved and the DSO was fully supportive of all of that. Um, so did that kind of dove in head first. I started doing like 50 cases of aligners in my first six months. And then I leaned on a mentor, uh, Dr. Blocker, she's Invisalign faculty. And she, um, she kind of just helped me with like case setups and stuff like that. But once I started doing the aligners, it kind of was the light bulb for me in terms of feeling like I was making a difference. 
um, you know, I was able to help patients improve their oral health. And, you know, I had patients that for years, you know, they weren't brushing or flossing um, as much as we'd like them to, but then you get a patient to commit to doing treatment that requires them to wear plastic in their mouth for 22 hours a day and something that makes them also have to brush and floss more frequently because every time you take your liners out after you eat, you do have to brush and floss. So that kind of like physical accountability um, aspect of it, I like it because when my patients are done with aligners, um, they are way more in tune with their oral health. They have amazing habits uh, as long as they're compliant, but it's just a lot of them. And I ask them kind of, you know, why? And they say it's because when you have to wear a tray after you eat, you can feel how gross your mouth is after you eat, you know, eat meals. But then also when they take the trays out, they can like see it, right. They can see some of that staining and they can kind of almost like smell it, which I know is kind of (laughs) gross to think about, but it's your, it's your reminder. And, and I think that's, what's really cool is because all these years in our profession, you know, dentists tell patients, Oh, you need to floss more. You need to brush more. And it's like, it's one thing to say that. And then it's another thing to actually get almost like this buy-in on their end to commit to doing that. So for me, it just felt very aligned. I felt like this is awesome. This is something that is helping my patients. Um, you know, it's cool, right? It's, it's new tech, relatively new technology, um, but it also works. I think when aligners first came out, a lot of the older dentists out there are kind of traumatized from that because I don't think, uh, I don't think the product was as good, but now with so much money into research and development, you know, aligners, you can do so many different types of cases and you can do them predictably. So, um, yeah, so I, felt that. And and also, you know, it's a procedure that pays really well. Um, you don't, you know, it's insurance helps or insurance goes towards some of it, but, um, it's, it's a, a higher, what they call a higher ticket item, right. Implants and aligners are higher ticket procedures. But when you talk to your patients about the oral health benefits, a lot of people resonate with that and, um, they are willing to do it. So yeah, basically found this procedure that essentially changed my life, uh, re-sparked my passion for dentistry again. And then um, the dentist that I was working with, he was older. He had been practicing for 22 years uh, as a practice owner, sold his practice, and then he was also in this DSO. And he was open to learning again. And uh, he I kind of like basically like mentored him and taught him how to do cases and helped, helped him set his stuff up. And he started to see success as well. So, um, and he was like, wow, this is amazing. He's like, he literally said like, I wish I did this earlier in my career. Um, so then I started to really shift or, or I started to feel something different. This concept of like mentoring and teaching, which I always kind of had a, like, I always kind of liked that, but I didn't think that would, I would get such strong feelings from that. Um, and, uh, and then I kind of doubled down on it. And then I, at the DSO, I actually wanted to, or I proposed like a more official role of like being the in-house kind of like, you know, uh, a liner director or, or whatever to where I could help out and teach all the other doctors. So then 
the leadership team, they, you know, they thought it was a good idea, but they just capacity wise didn't really support that. Um, and so they wanted me to just kind of like focus on dentistry, which then, um, which was a bummer, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and my wife actually proposed that I just start my own consulting company. So, so then I started consulting with local dentists in Austin um, and helping them out, kind of getting started, doing cases. And, you know, one of the doctors that I worked with, he had no experience, but he understood the value of aligners and wanted to do it. And I taught him how to do it. And he did like 25 cases in his first two months. So, and he was like confident, right? And so it's kind of like, okay, this works. Um, this also is really cool because now I'm kind of that light bulb moment, um, that went off for me, I was now able to kind of like share that because I know that I'm not the only dentist out there that has felt burnt out or felt down on dentistry. I think it's very common in our profession, unfortunately. Um, but this is a cool way to kind of make an impact, um, by, by kind of reinvigorating dentists in this profession. Um, to kind of free up, it checks three boxes for me as a dentist. You know, if you're doing aligners, you, first of all, you, you get to feel more, um, you feel like you're making more of an impact on your patient's oral health. And then, um, you feel more, uh, you, you have more time because doing aligners, the procedure itself is very minimal. To, if you're doing it the right way, you're not really spending that much time in the chair. Um, and then you also get, um, more money from it. So it's like all three aspects, I think time, money, and then fulfillment that plays into just like, you know, quality of life. Right. So that is kind of what, what hits home for me. And, um, yeah, so doing that, helping the dentist felt great for myself as well. But then, um, then I was kind of like, okay, this is like tough. Cause I was practicing full-time still. And I was like, I can't, meeting with other dentists is like the hardest thing, like coordinating schedules because they're working, you're working. It's like, okay, how do we have time and energy to do this? So then I looked into a way to kind of scale this and just get, you know, um, more or access to more dentists, but then also, um, not suck up all my time. And, uh, I found, uh, I came across this concept basically of just creating like a course. So I created, and that's what I have now. I have an online um, clear aligner training program. It's brand agnostic. So, uh, I, I personally have used Invisalign, but I teach essentially like the fundamental concepts of how to, you know, pick your cases, how to talk to patients about it, how to set them up, how to kind of do everything <clears throat> that you need to know to like get started. And it's been pretty cool because I did that. And then I tagged on like a basically like a uh, monthly coaching component. So where anybody that is in the program gets kind of that monthly assistance, because for me, it really helped having somebody kind of like holding my hand along the way. Um, and, and I realized that that's actually, that's the part for me that's great because dentists are asking me questions that I'm able to kind of help them with. And it's like constant, just, it's a feeling almost of kind of like giving back in that regard, which is, which is super cool and super fulfilling. And um, yeah, so that has, and, and then I guess the other part of this too, is I started posting on social media. I think, I think I was when we talked last time um, 
But uh, yeah, I started posting on social media and I just started putting out like clear liner educational content. And um, I've been doing it now for like nine months. I started like last March um, and I've just stayed super focused on that. Uh, and um, it's fun. It's fun to put that content out. Uh, like the following has grown as well. And it's, you know, I'm, my plan moving forward is to continue to do that and continue to put that information out there. Um, I also started, I know last year I had a YouTube channel that was more like dental career advice. And now I'm kind of focusing that more to also just clear liner content to still try to just get like free educational information out there um, for anybody that kind of wants to get started. But then, you know, if somebody wants more tactical stuff, then they can obviously then take the program itself. But all this stuff takes up time. <laughs> so that's kind of what's led me to where I'm at now, which is where I'm actually down to just two days of clinical practice. And then I use the rest of my week to work on this online business, um, supporting the current doctors in my program, creating content for social media, um, also just reaching out to other dentists and organizations to try to get, you know, uh, more exposure to this training because it's, um, I think it's unique. There's definitely other, there are other educators out there. Um, but I think for me, I'm kind of focusing really hard on essentially like I kind of kind of have like an imaginary like picture in my head of like the dentist who I was and it's like okay what can I do to kind of serve that dentist who I used to be um where I at that time I didn't necessarily have somebody kind of always doing that um you know outside of my mentor but you know just someone that's more kind of like all-encompassing but uh yeah that's where we're at that was an awesome summary. I'm sure you need a, a breather there. So I was writing down a few other things I wanted to ask you about as you were talking. First being with going out to do consulting and then developing your course. What did that look like in terms of like legality? Did you like set up a business entity? How did all that work? And how did you know the scope of doing all of that? Great question. Um, yeah, so I... So my wife has a background in finance. She actually works at a tech company, but on the finance side. Uh, but, you know, so we kind of navigated that together. But yes, I got an uh, LLC and I, uh, I reached out to um, some people that I knew who were consultants and just kind of asked them for like a sample, like consultant agreement uh, document. And then um, we actually did have a lawyer then review that and then kind of make edits to tailor it to what I was going to offer. And I mean, if you're consulting, that's pretty much all you need. You just need an LLC, a consulting agreement, and like, you're good to go. So it's like, I, before I did this, I had always heard, oh, get an LLC, do this. And it's like, it always sounds scarier than it really is when you start it. Because once you do it, you're just like, oh yeah, like you just get an LLC and, and, uh, you know, get a lawyer to, to review that and you're good to go. But, um, legality wise that, that was it. Um, I don't think, yeah, for the consulting, that's all I had. For setting up the LLC, do you literally just like go online somewhere and fill out forms or do you need to go like through a lawyer or how does that work? Easiest way, um, is probably, I'd say legal zoom. 
you go to LegalZoom.com and they connect you with an attorney and it's pretty affordable. I think it's like around 500 bucks to set up the LLC, but then the actual legal fees associated with that on LegalZoom, it's like, it's not much at all. And uh, that attorney will essentially walk you through how to do it. And yeah, all the paperwork is online. Like I didn't have to go anywhere in person. And if someone, I feel like a lot of people deep down know if running a business, something entrepreneurial, aside from like a clinical practice, but people know if they kind of have that inkling, but they might Mm. not know what they want to do. What kind of things do you think people should do to figure out what might be a good either side business or project to pursue for them? Like look for problems that they see, look for who they want to be serving, like what kind of questions can they ask? Yeah, I love that question because it's, I'm like, I was that person, right? I I was, I currently am, but it was just like, I had like this entrepreneurial gene in me and I thought that the only way to kind of activate that was through practice ownership. Um, And I think there's a lot of really good practice owners out there who have that. Um, But I also think there's a lot of practice owners who don't have that and they just became owners because that was the only other option outside of being an associate. Um, But going back to what you were saying, um, I would say, so the, so if you, if, if you are this person that you described, um, I would say the first thing is you are probably going to like, this was me. Like I wanted to do something like outside of dentistry. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to like do something else. And, And that's fine. I think you can, people have side hustles and I'm a big fan of that. But I think, you know, you are going to be able, and I'm not saying you can't be successful doing it. I think you can, but I think you are going to be able to have more success and more of an impact if you stay in the dental field and get creative about what you actually make, um, right? What problem do you solve for? What niche do you serve? Because you are never going to have as much credibility in another field than you do as a dentist two dentists. Right. Um, and you also have a, you have like boots on the ground, you know, experiences on what all the problems are. So my advice is, you know, you're a dentist, you're practicing, right. You, you went through school and everything and just start looking at the things all look for, look at the shortcomings that you see, right. Don't try to solve for other people's problems like use your own experiences because when you go through something um and you see a problem and then you do something about it and solve it for yourself you have to also understand that like there are thousands of other people who probably had that same exact experience or problem but they're like too lazy to create a solution for it so if you have this inkling and itch to be an entrepreneur You just need to solve for that, make it work for yourself, right? And then it's really helpful then if you can also then replicate that and help somebody else. And then once you do that, now you've created something that clearly works and then it's like sky's the limit. I love that. And in terms of your course, I was wondering, have you looked into like CE accreditation or how does that work if you wanted your course to count for CE for dentists? Yeah. So 
It is on the radar. Um, right now it's not CE accredited, but if you do do it, it's a, from what I've heard, it's a lengthy process. Um, I've just had to, I mean, I've been creating so many other things for this. This is a lot on my plate. Um, but yes, in the future, uh, I'm definitely looking into it, but I think it's kind of just like an application and then they, um, they have a committee, I think that just like reviews it. And then as long as it has, um, I guess like a certain level of like clinical information, um, I don't know the rubric. I don't want to put false information out there, but, um, from what I've heard, that's kind of what it is. It's not like it's a hard process. I think it's just a little bit of a time process. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and that's, that's the other thing is I think CE is great. Um, but sometimes what happens is people get caught up in just like the actual like CE hours as opposed to like, what are you actually getting from this? Like, is the information that you're learning actually something that you can go implement? Or is it just like, right? Like, is it just kind of like fluff? Um, which I know kind of, uh, you know, if you're still in school, you may not totally understand. But like, when you come out, you have to know that like, you like, there's different, I guess, levels to CE, right? Some of it is going to be very uh, vigorous and others are going to be a lot lighter. So as long as, as long as you kind of have an idea of what you're going to get out of it, I think then, you know, that's, that's something that you definitely want to dive into. Um, but as it's basically, you want to make sure that there's value there. Um, so that's my tip for that. Yeah. And I feel like because your course is separate from not, it's not CE people that are doing that is because they really want that information as you're saying, valuing it for what it is, not for hours towards this or that. So I definitely understand that. What is kind of your, I know you said you're working on your courses, your social media growth, kind of your business a lot. What are your upcoming goals or different things you're trying to just continue and grow? Yeah, um, I'd say upcoming goals would be to be kind of like, um, I want to create just like a hub of, um, of like virtual content um, kind of right now centered around aligner information. Um, I just don't think there's enough of that out there. I think, you know, it's because this is all targeted mainly towards, I mean, it's targeted only towards general dentists because um, I am a general dentist. So I'm trying to kind of be that liaison of, of information um, you know, there's Dr. Galler who's out there. He is, uh, I've taken his course. He's one of my mentors. And then Dr. Blocker is the other, um, mentor that I have. And, you know, it's what they're doing is, is awesome. And I got to learn from them, but I feel like, you know, our field can always use more, right. There's, there's so much room, um, and there's so much room in other areas, but for me, I kind of want to be I want to create kind of like this content hub. So for this year, a big goal of mine is to grow the YouTube channel. Um, I want to kind of bring like my style to it. I, I kind of, you'll see like, as I kind of release some videos coming up, it's like, I'm trying to sh- change the way that the information is delivered as opposed to like this, like old school, you know, bullet point, just, you know, walkthroughs. Cause the thing with aligners is it's like, 
you can show hands-on video and i think hands-on like what implant ninja has i don't know if you've heard of implant ninja you should definitely check them out if you're remotely interested in implants um dr ivan's awesome and uh he has a really awesome platform for implants and then i think you know if i could kind of do something similar like that for aligners um I think it'd be great. The difference is, is like aligners isn't like surgery where you need all of this, like, you know, high tech uh, cameras and stuff like that to show the hands on. It's a lot more of conversations and case setups and stuff like that. But yeah, sorry, I'm going on a rant. But um, for YouTube, yeah, I want to basically have like a content hub on YouTube. Um, and then my course, uh, I would just like to continue to grow it um, continue to grow it, continue to try to just help out as many other doctors as I can. Um, and then kind of seeing where that takes me, I have some thoughts on, on things after the fact, but right now I'm just so like, those are my two main things. And I just want to basically grow it as big as I can. Yeah. I mean, you can only focus on so much at once. You want to put (laughs) time into something, get it to where you want to be, and then maybe think about something else. So that's plenty of goals there. (laughs) So for people listening, you've mentioned your YouTube, your Instagram, what actually is like your handle if they want to look you up or watch any of your content? Yeah. So Instagram is dr.avi and it's doctor spelled out. And then on YouTube, uh, it is doctor spelled out and then space avi. There's like one other doctor avi on YouTube and it's annoying because he's like some type of medical like some physician that has like these like interesting videos but i think i have enough content on this where i show up yeah. on youtube and if not please like and subscribe so we can <laughs> go, go up in the search yeah so you gotta put like dr of dash clear aligners or something really get that branding yeah. right in there <laughs> yes i know yes because yeah because the channel last year right was like all that was it was it was dental career advice which was very like therapeutic to make um because i just got i had so many stories i had so many associateship stories and there was so much reflection and i really wanted to like pull the curtain back so that's what i was doing um and all those videos are obviously still up there but um yeah part of kind of this year is like kind of getting that brand locked and loaded um and there's always going to be i think like a a part of me a, a good part of me that is always going to try in some way to kind of help out the younger dentists, right? The associates, because I think, you know, it's, um, it's unfortunate how younger doctors kind of the experiences that we have, I think some, some dentists get very lucky and they get um, opportunities where they're in like an amazing practice and they get the mentor, they get all that stuff. And that's what we all hope for. But the reality is, is like 90%, 95%, I think of, of doctors coming out aren't going to get that. So it's like, that's the reality, but I want to help kind of shape the reality uh, or shape the expectations. So that way you make the most of your situations. Cause that's all you can do. Um, but yeah. And in our other episode, people should listen to that too. If they haven't yet, we talked a lot more about like those first couple years of your associate journey, your early career journey, and even like your time in dental school and everything. But if you had to kind of round out the episode with like one thing you would tell yourself when you were in dental school, like what would it be? Um, I would tell myself in dental school to 
to um, not be afraid to think outside of the box um, because you can like, yeah, not be afraid to think outside of the box because I think, and this is also one of the topics I know we talked about so much, so many other things, but um, falling into the trap of, of just identifying as a dentist and assuming everything, um, assuming everything that everyone has done before you as like your box or your limit. Um, don't accept that as your reality, because at the end of the day, you are a human being and you have a purpose and you have passions. And yes, you are spending lots of hours becoming a dentist, um, but you are more than just a dentist. You, you know, so my thing is like, don't think that you have to be in the box and, uh, you know, do stuff that other people have done you don't be afraid to get creative and to think out of the box because that's, that's where you're going to be happiest. I love that. Thank you. And thank you for sharing kind of all the updates. And it's so nice to see that you're so excited about what you're doing and passionate and just like living your best life. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's been a journey and it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's still happening. I think like, yeah, a, a lot of this stuff just came down to mindset. Um, and and I know you are also into it, into mindset. And and yeah, and I, and I also applaud you for, for your consistency. And I mean, this is, it's a cool platform that you've built. And I saw, congratulations, I saw what you shared earlier this year about of, of like the Spotify um, oh, kind of growth and, and yeah. whatnot. It's, uh, it's super cool. And it's super cool to just see, you know, someone else um, kind of, you're making an impact in this field right now, whether you know it or not. Um, and, and I think you just need to continue to stay consistent with it. Thank you so much. That's so kind. And yeah, I think I'm sure as the years go on, maybe you'll be an annual guest. We'll get more updates, get to know more about what's going <laughs> on. And once I graduate, I can take your clear aligner course. I'm all excited about it. <laughs> It'll be good. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight. Yes. Thanks for having me.